It sometimes happens that we find ourselves in positions of leadership, but we don't yet have clarity about where we collectively want to go, what strengths we want to leverage, the way in which we want to proceed, and the big questions we need to answer so that we can ultimately win. Today on The Behaviorist, we're exploring how to lead with strategy. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Kedron Crosby. It's our intention for The Behaviorist podcast to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. We're grateful to have Stacey Reidenbaugh, president and CEO of 10,000 Friends of Pennsylvania, and John Walker from the Work Wisdom team joining us. Hi. 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 Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. So first, I wanted to start talking about what it's like to lead when there is no clear collectively adopted strategy, or maybe it's just not clear yet. Um, we've all been CEOs or presidents before, and um, there were very likely times when we've been kind of in the wilderness, and we weren't yet clear about the path forward. About three years ago, I had a period like that out in the wilderness with, uh, we had just started Work Wisdom, and I wasn't really clear about where we were headed, and so I begged Ryan Martin from the infantry to meet me at Passenger, and so we had one of those marathon two-hour coffees where we left, and, and he gave me homework, which was go back and write a manifesto. So what was ironic was we were doing strategic planning with other organizations, but I hadn't really internalized how to make that clear path forward for work wisdom. Um, so that was a great moment for me when I went from leading without strategy to leading with strategy. And it just made everything so much better. So I wanted to ask you, Stacy. let me start with you. Uh, was there ever a moment when you found yourself leading, but it wasn't clear yet? what your strategy was going to be? Oh, absolutely. And it kind of feels like herding cats because everyone wants to go in a different direction and it's very hard to get them focused and pointed and engaged. Mm -hmm. So when you have sort of this collective principle that everyone can rally around, it's so helpful to move forward. Yeah. John, um, did you ever have an experience like that where it wasn't revealed yet maybe or... Um, you know, it was a little murky. You were maybe in the murky yeah, middle. <laughs> for sure. Um, well, I was, I, I'm on a board, um, Lancaster Osteopathic Health Foundation. And um, a year and a half ago, I was elected to be the board chair. And um, so I was inheriting um, a strategy that uh, had been created several years before, uh, two years before, to be precise. And the organization had a pretty clear vision, um, but it had a strategic plan that was uh, aging, let us say. Mm -hmm. um, and we also had had quite a bit of turnover, as, as we always do. We turn over about a third of the board every year. Um, so a lot of the board members didn't really own this strategy, and, and neither did I. Um, the, the challenge there was, um, as Stacy just said, you know, there wasn't a lot of alignment. There wasn't a lot of... Uh, 
sort of teamwork toward common goals in spite of the fact that we had a few written down, but we didn't really own them together. So I'm looking back on those those periods, those murky middles that we've all had, and thinking about what's the cost of that time when we're leading without strategy? What What is some of the cost of that? Do you have ideas about that? Well, one of, one of the things that I, that I value so much about strategy is that it sort of has that first mover advantage. Um, when, when you're working on strategy, you're making determinations about what you should be doing and what you should not be doing. And, and one of the things that I see in organizations that don't have uh, a clear strategy or haven't done the work of, of sort of creating alignment around a strategic plan is they may be putting a lot of energy into things that maybe they shouldn't be doing in mm. the first place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a cost. Yeah, just that inefficiency. Yeah, wasted effort. Yeah. I think to build on that, you also run the risk of mission creep. Mm. Because instead of evaluating opportunities, with alignment, you're looking at any opportunity and jumping on it because you're afraid that it might not come back. Mm -hmm. So you end up going down a path that might not be the best path and might not be the most efficient or even most impactful path, but it's just a path. Yeah. You know, I, I'm looking back on the time when we were in the wilderness in the murky middle, and, and I'm trying to think about, was there a benefit to being in that space where we didn't yet know who we wanted to be and where we wanted to go? Do you have any ideas? What's the benefit of living without that clarity? Is there any benefit? Well, I, th- I think that can be a creative time. Yeah. Um, you know, it can also be a frustrating time um, for, for staff members and for board members who feel like maybe you're never going to get to a point where there's uh, alignment and, and a plan. I, I think that there there is a way, though, of sort of taking what's unformed, adding some you know, creative magic to it and, and using that as a starting point to get to something maybe different and better. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's interesting to think about. It's almost like a, a costume change. You know, what's happening? We, you mm-hmm. get to really think, I like your idea about creativity. Um, you get to think about who are we going to become next? There's some excitement there. So I had the pleasure of working with both of you on strategy. John, when he was at LOHF as board president, Stacy, you as CEO at the 10,000 Friends. Um, so in both of those cases, we gathered up all of the board and all of the staff um, and, and took them through the entire process together. So what would you say is the value of harnessing all of that collective wisdom and all of those perspectives based on your experiences? Stacy? can I start with you? So I sort of live on the foundational principle that we're better together mm-hmm. and that the more perspectives and the breadth and depth of those perspectives that you can bring together in a room are going to lead to better ideas and better discussions and will collectively take you down the path. The other really important part of this, not only from bringing in a wide perspective and seeing opportunities through other people's eyes, um, but creating that space for those ideas to be generated, is if you're all on the same page, you can get more momentum because you're starting from a point of agreement Mm -hmm. rather than trying to start from a point of persuasion and dragging or pulling everyone with you. Everybody is moving forward together. Yeah, that is so important. John, do you have any perspective on this one? I I completely agree with that. Um, And and I'd add to that that um, 
even if at the end of that process you end up with something that might be a little bit different than than maybe where you thought you were going to go because of uh, diversity of opinions, the real advantage is that once you have the plan and you begin uh, putting the plan in place, you have buy-in. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a group of people who developed it together, who own it, um, who had a say, and, and that gives you uh, the opportunity to create momentum, as, as Stacy said. Yeah. You know, I've also noticed um, it helps with discipline later when you have to say no to some opportunity. If everyone has been in the room when you're creating the strategy screen, adopting the big questions, they feel more comfortable saying, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we remember we were going to say no to that. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, um, Kedron, I'll be honest, one of the reasons we chose Work Wisdom when we were looking at firms to do strategic planning is we we wanted the strategic planning process itself to be a valuable period of time. Um, so we didn't want it to be a, a chore, uh, you know, that, that ended up with a long list of, of to-dos. Um, we wanted the the process itself to be one that that brought us together. That it was a creative process. Um, that it was that that it impacted our culture and not just sort of the list of initiatives that we were going to end up with. And, and it and it absolutely was that. So the process itself was valuable to us, not just the end product. Yeah, you know, I am. I I agree with that, and I think I the more we can build cohesion, I've seen it with your mm-hmm. board and staff too. Um, the better the outcome will be, the more momentum. Absolutely, and you bring engagement. The I was thinking the same thing on my way over here mm-hmm. today. The process has so much value in it, and really taking that step up in engagement, where people may have been sort of lax and getting really sort of disenchanted, uh, not necessarily about the mission, mm-hmm. but maybe there's not something for me here, mm-hmm. but it draws people in and it brings a whole new level of energy. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of value in the process. John. Yeah. Uh, so Marcus Buckingham has a new book out and it's all about what lead leadership is. And he's kind of saying, well, there's not really a thing called leadership. Leading is just getting followers to follow you. <laughs> and that is what leadership is. And there are all kinds of ways to, to lead. Um, so I've been thinking about this idea of what does it mean to lead with strategy if it really means just getting people to follow you? It doesn't necessarily mean staff or even getting the board to follow you. It might be external stakeholders. It might be um, you know, public awareness. It might be the governor. So, um, so what do you think it means uh, to lead with strategy? And why do you think it might be beneficial? So, John, do you want to take a crack at this yeah, one? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. It's a, it's a uh, critical question for, for all types of organizations. What I think it means is uh, the combination of vision and a plan. Um, so people want to follow a vision, you know, we, I've heard, you know, the, the shortest distance between two people is a story. Um, you know, people have to sort of understand the, the picture that you're painting. Um, but there also has to be a realistic plan that people can get behind and that people know uh, what part they're going to play in that. So it's not just that 
wow, uh, you know, Kedron has cast a great vision here that that's really exciting and interesting. It's, I understand what part I'm going to play in that. I believe I'm important to that process and, and I'm going to personally have, have impact. Mm, yes. And I can see why that's beneficial because, because they're part of the painting then. Okay. Stacy, what are your thoughts? What does it mean to you to lead with strategy? I think to me, it's, I agree with everything that John said and, and having the benefit of that shared ownership and, and shared vision um, so that people are invested in what they're doing. For me, it's being intentional about taking a pause and evaluating what the options are instead of just jumping in, mm. figuring out what's the best road to take. It might not be the easiest road, but it's going to be the most impactful road. And it's the road that we can all go down together mm. rather than it's just me climbing the mountain alone. Um, I think there's a lot of importance about what you can bring the group along with at, rather than just trying to do something perhaps on your own. Yeah. You know, I, I think back to, uh, Ryan Martin telling me to go home and write my manifesto, or actually we did it as a group. But um, I think that one of one of the most beneficial aspects for me of leading with strategy is deeply understanding what our values and differentiators are, and then casting that picture, telling that story, um, and helping everyone understand how their behavior lines up with that strategy. Um, so, so I think that's been really helpful um, to, for me as a leader. And if I could add uh, something, another thing that we liked about the work wisdom process, I really like the, the sort of tension between the big question and the strategy screen. So with uh, Lancaster Osteopathic Health Foundation, you know, one of our big questions was, how will we improve access to behavioral health mm -hmm. uh, for kids? And that truly is a big question. I mean, that's a, that that is an enormous undertaking and, and one that has a huge amount of uh, ambition built into it. Um, it does cast a um, inspiring vision, mm -hmm. but, but the, the sort of grounding part of that comes with a strategy screen. So that is a vision, you know, the big question is one that people can rally around, but then the strategy screen provides sort of a practical roadmap for how we're going to tackle it. So our, our strategy screen included, you know, will, will this fill a gap in existing services? So not only are we going to sort of uh, tackle this big vision, but we're, we're really only going to tackle parts of it where there's a gap. Is it viable based on staff capacity? You know, can we have an impact based on our resources? So again, the, this kind of tension between this inspiring vision and a practical plan. Mm -hmm. So based on your own experience, what are the most critically important elements to getting followers to understand and engage in where you want to lead? So of the elements, of the various elements, which ones do you think um, most help get others to, to follow? I think the values and the differentiators in our case were mm -hmm. so critically important. Um, when we worked with Work Wisdom on our strategy session, our first intention was that we were going to do one half-day session, mm -hmm. and our board was so engaged and so excited and so hungry for more mm -hmm. that they demanded on the spot that we schedule another session mm -hmm. so that we could go through the differentiators. Mm -hmm. And I think we really, that point of... I 
understanding what is unique about our organization, but also understanding our identity mm-hmm. and where we are today so that we can develop a path for where we want to be mm-hmm. and how we want to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the differentiators, the identity piece, mm-hmm. um, but again, also the process mm-hmm. of getting there. Mm-hmm. John, what's your experience? I, I would just add to that uh, participation. Um, making this a process that um, the whole board, and and in our case, the staff as well, could participate in so that at the end of it, there was a feeling of ownership. It became our plan. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm working with um, a graduate school right now, and just this past week, they identified their organizational identity using archetypes, and they identified themselves um, as the mentor muse. And that is so rallying for them. You can just see them all leaning into that. And immediately after uh, naming that as their identity, they were more engaged, more animated, really radiant um, in becoming that. So, so I think that for some organizations, that archetype can be can be the the piece that's most um, the jet fuel for them. At Work Wisdom, we're devoted to positive organizational behavior, which means that we're interested in embedding hope, confidence, resilience at work, savoring you stress and building interpersonal interdependence and communication competence at work. We think that at the foundational level, having a meaningful strategy out front allows for positivity, clarity, and empowerment. Once a leader has clarity regarding their strategy, what one piece of advice would you give a leader regarding how they can build positive emotion to build momentum for the strategy? So build positive emotion to build momentum for the strategy. Stacy. what piece of advice might you give? Oh, that's such a great question. <laughs> I would say the one piece of advice that I would give is to find that element that was the biggest rallying point yeah. for your board and bring that back mm-hmm. in in varying ways. So yeah. obviously you're not going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, but dig deeper yeah. and find ways that you can explore every nuance of that and how you can apply your strategy more effectively using that. Yeah. I heard someone say recently, um, notice where the energy is and, and go to that place where the energy is. So is that really what you're getting at? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. John, um, do you have ideas about this one? Well, let me let me take a slightly different take on on your question okay. because um, we did have a lot of positive emotion about our plan when we were done for sure, mm-hmm. um, and and we were all really excited, particularly about our big questions. You know, mm-hmm. we we felt like they were really great articulations of what we were trying to do and what we aspired to. And in fact, we were so excited about them, we reorganized our committee structure around those big questions. Mm. So rather than have um, a number of disparate uh, committees that were tackling problems that that our prior plan had identified, we reorganized our our committee structure to have two uh, sort of um, overriding uh, master committees, if you will, each uh, dedicated to addressing our two big questions. Mm. And, and that really kind of institutionalized the plan because now we have, we have leaders of, of those committees who, who are uh, 
charged with with addressing them you know every week and every month we have um, staff and committee members kind of lining up underneath to do the work that's that's described in those big questions so we found that institutionalizing and sort of structuring uh, our organization around them was the way to build momentum absolutely that was that was a stroke of genius I remember Anna Kennedy um, your executive director calling me and sharing that idea and I said can I steal that? <laughs> we want to steal that too. <laughs> um, we, we, we give her credit everywhere we go. Yes, for sure. Um, so I'm so truly grateful to both of you for being part of this movement of helping world changers in the workplace to enhance their individual and collective team performance. Thank you listeners for downloading The Behaviorist and we hope you'll subscribe. Stream our next episode where we explore the Enneagram at work to grow in self-awareness and high performance as individuals, leaders, and teams. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and productions, ask questions and and suggest topics you'd like us to explore for future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with One Minute Wisdom by Anthony DeMello. A group of political activists were attempting to show the master how their ideology would change the world. The master listened carefully. The following day, he said, An ideology is as good or as bad as the people who make use of it. If a million wolves were to organize for justice, would they cease to be a million wolves? Mm -hmm.